The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, Now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me where are you going, because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. On Easter Sunday, a long time ago, 2006, I was confirmed into the Lutheran Church before any of you in the front row here were born. It's Emmanuel Lutheran Church and Student Center. I was a student at Western Illinois University, and I was 20 years old, just a few months shy of my 21st birthday. And the kicker is, because I was confirmed as an adult, I only had 10 weeks of classes, not six years. And no, those of you who have yet to go through confirmation, no such avenue is open to you. <laughs> but I do remember that day very well. Pastor Burdick spoke this verse from Romans chapter 1 over me as my confirmation verse. And I've always loved this verse from Ro Romans, especially ever since. I love it because of that wonderful day that it reminds me of. I joined the church where I had so many friends and had a common confession of the Christian faith. But I also love that verse because of its very simple and straightforward message. The gospel is the power of God for salvation, and for that reason, we need not be ashamed of it. It is a sad fact that some people are ashamed of the gospel. There are people who maybe once were Christians and they're ashamed of it, or perhaps even there are people who are Christians and kind of struggle with being ashamed of it. Perhaps for some people, they're ashamed of the gospel because they're worried about what their friends are going to think. We live in a time and in a culture and a place where it's not exactly popular. You're not celebrated for believing in God, particularly the Trinity, the God of the Holy Bible. And so, we're tempted by peer pressure, not to confess not to live openly as a Christian, believing the things that Christians do, doing the things that Christians do. Well, for other people, there might be a shame about the gospel because they associate the gospel with doing things that they don't want to do. Okay? Raise your hand if you never once had your parent or grandparent drag you to church to do something you didn't want to do. My hand's down too, and I'm a pastor, okay? 
We do kind of have those deep associations sometimes where I don't want to do this. I know it's connected. The gospel's connected with these things I don't want to do. And so I don't really like it all that much. You think of the gospel and we just think of a bunch of have-tos. Still, still for others, I think there is a shame about the gospel. Perhaps this is the bigger one today. Because there's a belief that they don't need it. They don't need what the gospel gives. To say that I want the gospel is to admit weakness. It's to admit an openness to God and his judgment, which I'm not ready to do. Because I might not be perfect, but I'm better than a lot of people out there. And I prefer to stand on my own merits. Thank you very much. Now, all of these are reasons, and surely there's many more. These are reasons why some people might be ashamed of the gospel, but I'll say it. None of them are good reasons. And we know that they're not good reasons because Paul tells us so in Romans. It's obvious that St. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel, and it's not just his words that he says he's not ashamed of it, but his behavior, his whole life, bore out that he was not embarrassed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. First, you see what happened, his conversion. He left the Judaism where he had a high standing, followers, power, influence, earthly security. He left it all behind when he confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. You have him going on to do all of the missionary work that he did throughout the rest of his life. Not ashamed of the gospel there. And surely, when he himself, Paul, not one of the twelve, but one who came in afterward, was so bold as to confess and even correct St. Peter, the head of the disciples, when he was getting the doctrine and life of the Christian wrong. To be sure, St. Paul had zero cares to give. Why? It's because he knew what the gospel was. He knew what it is. The gospel for Paul was not just his job, right? Like he's a pastor and that's what it said on his W-2. The gospel was not just a means of money for him to earn a living. He didn't make that much. And sometimes he even had to make tents to supplement the work that he was doing as a missionary. And what's more, we all know how his life ended. A martyr's death for the sake of the gospel he was proclaiming. He got killed for it. And no, the gospel wasn't something that Paul had to pretend to care about just because his parents and his grandparents or teachers really wanted him to care, and so he feigned it. No. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel because, as he said, it is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. I think that there are two prerequisites, things you have to have first for appreciating the gospel. Number one is you have to know how bad off you truly are before God. You have to understand that or it's just a bunch of words in one ear and out the other. And second, you have to know what the gospel actually is, what it means. The first one's obvious, right? If you're going to appreciate what a cure, what a medicine does, you have to first know how sick you are. If you don't know that you're in a bad way in your health, that medicine from the pharmacist doesn't mean anything to you. You have to know that you are bad off and you need that medicine to get better. 
person's going to have no love, or even, I would say, understanding of the gospel if they don't realize how much of a sinner before God they truly are. Indeed, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we have all deserved, in and of ourselves, by ourselves, nothing but his temporal wrath and eternal punishment. That's the Bible in a nutshell, as far as we are concerned. Once we know and believe that, though, then we are prepared to know, believe, love, and cherish what that second prerequisite is, namely what the gospel itself truly is. See, the gospel isn't just a word that says, well, if you try hard enough and you work hard enough or you're better than most of the other pack, God's going to love you because of that. The gospel, likewise, is not just a feeling either. Well, I feel happy, so God must love me. Oh, I feel bad. Well, God must not love me. No, it's not that. The gospel is nothing less than the good news that God and his son, Jesus Christ, has reconciled himself to you. Christ came into this world to suffer for each one of you individually. He did it for the whole world, but he would have done it if you were the only human being who ever existed. He came into this world to suffer in your place and to give you his righteousness, the reward that he himself has earned by being good under God's law. He gives it to you. The punishment that you deserve because of your sin, he takes it. And by your faith in that, in his suffering for you and his giving you his righteousness in his blood, by your faith, you have been forgiven and saved eternally. That's the gospel. That's it. And understanding this, believing this, you can see how what Paul says is true. The gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And for that reason, Christians, you have nothing to be ashamed about, about being a Christian, about believing the gospel. And not just that, I would say you have every reason to boast and be happy about it. This is true. In spite of your sins, God doesn't hate you, but he loves you. He's forgiven you in Christ. You're not under his wrath anymore, not now and not in the future, provided you persevere in this Christian faith. He looks at you, and because of your faith in Jesus Christ, he doesn't see a separated sinner, but he sees a beloved, adopted child, a member of his family, an heir. He sets even this table for you, and says, come, eat, and drink the medicine of immortality. Today, Confirmation Sunday, is a magnificent day. It's a day to celebrate. Not just that you're done with CEC. You are. But that you're Christians. That's why today is a happy day. You believe in the gospel and the power that it has. Your life and salvation. So remember that more than anything else of today. Remember it all the days of your life. And remember it until you leave this life to go home with your God in heaven forever.